another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I write for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. And up this week is Daniel Suarez of Trackhouse Racing Team. He just finished 10th at Texas Motor Speedway. Another top 10 finish for him as they try to build that program there. And before the race, we were able to chat and uh, do the 12 questions interview for this year as they're starting to wind down. After this, only two left. Crazy how fast the year has gone in a way. But um, uh, let's jump right into it and listen to my conversation with Daniel Suarez. All right, everybody, I'm here with Daniel Suarez. Daniel, it's nice to see you on this lovely day. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, the first question is when you meet someone who doesn't know who you are, do you ever lie about what you do for a living? Yes. You do? Yeah, very often actually. Oh, uh, okay. What do you say? Uh, actually what I say very often when people ask me, what do I do? I said, I work in, in the, in, in the racing world, okay. I, but I'm not, I'm never as specific. And when they ask again, I say, I just work in the, in the, in the shop. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, I just don't like to ask, to answer so many questions. The problem is that I have met people that I, I get to see for the second time and then, then realize who I am and oh. say, why you didn't tell me? I say, ah, I just didn't want to say anything about it. <laughs> I'm sure they understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's an understandable thing. Yeah. Uh, which current Cup Series driver have you known for the longest? I would say Joe Logano. Okay. Uh, Joe Logano, and, and the reason of that is because when I moved here back in 2011, uh, he's a sporter, Coleman Presley, was at the time my crew chief in KNN. And Coleman was living with Joey, and obviously I had a good relationship with Coleman. And a couple of times I went to Joey's house to hang out with him. At the time I didn't speak any English, so so I would say that the the only driver and, and that I have known for this long time and actually that got to meet me when I didn't speak any English or anything was was Joey. Wow! So the communication then was just like, you know, you you, you, have, you have to ask Joey, but I, we couldn't communicate. Wow. That wow. we couldn't communicate. We, we had some good stories from, from back then. Huh. Fascinating. Uh, can you describe to us what it's like to crash in a race car? It's, uh, it's frustrating because obviously for many different things. Uh, the main one, you never think about getting hurt. That's probably one of the last things uh, you think as a race car driver. But it's frustrating because uh, your team, yourself, and many people has put a lot of work in that car, a lot of work in that weekend. To end up wrecking in, in the in the in the care center, so it's definitely one of the most frustrating things as a race car driver. But luckily in NASCAR we race every weekend, so we can come back and uh, fight again. That's right. Um, do you have any new habits or lifestyle changes uh, that you've made lately that you're particularly proud of? I would say that since I've been dating Julia that it's been already a few years, but especially the last year and a half, I've been way better with my food. Hmm. Uh, I've been always a little delicate with, uh, with, with my stomach, and, uh, and Julia is very good when it comes to food, so now I have a better routine of food schedule for the weekend. I mean, during the week I do well, but in the weekend I'm, I'm very, very particular. So, so yeah, I feel like that has helped me a lot. And that's helped your stomach stuff? That, yeah, yeah, that has helped me a stomach because I, I, I just stick to the very basics. Mm. Uh, like I, I don't do any any crazy pasta with salsas and stuff like that. I just do white white rice, chicken or, or a steak, like very, very, you know, not, not with a lot of stuff that can upset my, my stomach. Oh, wow, that's really smart. Okay. Uh, what makes you laugh during a race? 
Uh, when another driver makes a mistake, okay, or when two other drivers are fighting for something and they they're pissing each other, that makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> I always say, I even say on the radio, like, look look at this pair of you know what. <laughs> that makes me laugh a lot. Okay. Uh, what is a quality or skill you envy in another driver? That's a good question, and uh, honestly, I don't, I don't envy anything. You know, I, I would say that maybe some of the dirt drivers, they they should have, but I don't know if if that's actually true or not. But they should have better car control than someone like me that never been in dirt before. Well, I I've been in dirt before, but but not a lot like them. Uh, but. But I don't. Th I think once you get to this level, uh, I don't think is. Uh, I, th I think everyone has extremely good control. But to start with, they just started with an advantage, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but I, I won't say that that's that's something I envy because I feel like I have it too at this point. But probably I didn't have it eight years ago. The head start that they got. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this next one is a wild card question. I'm, I'm mixing it up for each driver, and you know your career. It's like. You haven't really had a chance to really truly build a team until now. I mean, you know, even JGR was only two years, but you got thrown into that right away. SHR one year. I mean, what kind of difference do you think it will make for you to be able to just establish yourself with this group and know that you're comfortable going into next year? I don't think I can explain uh, in a few minutes how important it is that you know to build your own team and. Uh, you know, I've been very fortunate to, to be part of great organizations with great people, uh, but it hasn't been mine. You know, it hasn't been to support myself 100%. It's been more like situationally. And uh, they have thrown me in there and, and this is the people. And then, oh, we need these people, we take it away. We need that picker, we take it away. Like, I, I don't feel like I have been ever an important part of a team in the past. I've been, in a way, a transaction. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this is the very first time that I feel like I'm part of trackhouse racing, and I'm, I'm 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 here to stay to build this team to make it better and to be able to win races and compete for championships. So, I'm very very grateful for where I am. Uh, I'm I'm frustrated at the same time, or I've been frustrated in the past that I haven't been able to establish myself in the Cup Series yet, like being a strong every single weekend. I have had the spikes, you know, uh, second place a few times and, and and stuff like that, but I haven't been able to be consistent up there. And, uh, and I feel like that opportunity to be consistent up there and win races is here with Trihouse. That's awesome. That's a great feeling. Uh, what is an embarrassing mistake you've made on the track that you're willing to share with us now? Embarrassing mistake? Uh, I mean, there is a lot of them. Uh, I would say that my first year in Cup were at Michigan. And... Uh, and I was racing, Kevin Harvick and a few other guys, they were spinning out in front of me, they were sideways and they, they finally saved it. We had a very, very rough day that day and um, and I just I, I just wasn't patient enough and I just got into them and, uh, and I thought I was gonna be able to save it and then I downshift, like I made a mess on that, that, that was an exit of corner two and uh, it was just a rookie mistake, you know, I just, I was just, trying to get something that it wasn't there and trying to overcome something the car wasn't giving me at the time. So uh, that's something I wish I can go back. Uh, it was my first year in Cup. Understandable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously this is starting to become a remote work world. So uh, if you could live in a different state than where the team shop is, uh, where else would you want to live? That's a very good question. Um, you know, I love... Uh, I love Miami because uh, Miami it feels 
it feels like it's very international. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. see Mexicans, you see Cubans, you see Brazilians, you see everything. I love that. I love the West Coast as well because obviously it makes me feel like Mexico. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Texas is the same way. But I want to be honest, man. I love North Carolina. I I, I feel like that's that's my home now, and uh, and and it has treated me so well. Uh, and uh, and I just I don't feel like today I will move anywhere else. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, Daniel, if someone handed you an envelope and inside of the envelope was the date of your final career win, would you want to open it? Uh, probably not. You don't want to know? No, I don't want to know because I feel like uh, the mental part of a race car driver plays a huge factor into our lives. And, uh, and I think that uh, we are the ones that put our, our own limits. And, uh, and I feel that uh, I don't want to see the 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 end of my career you know mm -hmm. i want to see that i want to work as hard as i can and see how long i can stretch it but i don't want to be 20 plus years old and and see when that last race is gonna be yeah yeah for sure uh have you achieved your childhood dream uh not yet okay not yet uh for many people i have uh, I think I'm, I'm extremely fortunate to be here in the Cup Series. Many people have told me when I was a kid, I, I just I just didn't know it was possible to be a rescue driver for me. I, I didn't have money. I didn't have the resources. I didn't have the connections. So for many people, the fact that I'm already here, that's the goal. And I have mentioned this several times, and that's not a goal for me. And even, you know, winning the Xfinity Championship, winning some races, becoming the first ever non-American to do it. That's amazing, but that's not the goal. The goal is to win in the highest level of racing. And not just to win, but to be able to win championships. So so I can look back, you know, 20 years from now and say, okay, I was able to be the first one to accomplish all this and help other generations to be able to do it. Uh, like I said, many people believe in my country and many others that I have done a great job with everything I have done and, uh, and I have accomplished many goals. But uh, for me, uh, the best is yet to come. Okay, awesome. So uh, each week, uh, ask a driver to give me a question for the next guy. And uh, last week was Josh Williams from the Xfinity Series. And his question for you is, um, do you believe the next-gen car will close the gap and give smaller teams an opportunity to capitalize on better finishes, such as places like uh, road courses and short tracks? Definitely. I, without a doubt, I, I say yes. Uh, I, I was already living it uh, last week. I think that the next-gen car is going to offer something that uh, that. I don't think any other car from NASCAR has offered in the past that is, is putting the field a little bit more tight. I do believe it's going to be that difference anyway because you know the good teams are going to be still good and, and, and the average teams are going to be average still, but, uh, but the gap is going to be much closer. And, uh, and, and one of the biggest advantages I think small teams will have is that if tomorrow a team from Mexico you know, have a good driver and they have some sponsor and they want to go buy a next-gen car and they want to show up in Watkins Lane. They can do that, mm. you know? And uh, and that's something that in today's NASCAR is impossible because right. you will have to get an alliance with a, with a big team. So I'm very, very excited for the future of the sport. Okay, that's awesome. Um, I don't know who the next, inter, uh, the next driver is yet. Um, so you can either give a question that I can ask uh, any NASCAR driver or once I know who it is, I can try to follow up with you and uh, you can give a question for them. Yeah, I will say once you know who it is, I think it's to be more specific. Okay, perfect. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate no it. No problem, but appreciate it. All right, everybody. There you have it. Daniel Suarez on the 12 Questions podcast. And once again, my respect goes out to anybody 
that uh, can learn a second language or third language or whatever, not in their native tongue and be so comfortable with it that they can do interviews in it. I mean, it's one thing to learn enough to go to a, a different country or travel or something and try to have enough to get by and communicate, but to do interviews like that's, that blows my mind. So, uh, especially self-taught like Daniel Suarez is again, anybody that, that is able to accomplish that kudos to you guys. You've, you've way more impressive than, than I've been with my language skills. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, as I said earlier, only two more of these to go, and then there'll be a different version of the 12 questions coming in 2022. Start to brainstorm those. I've been thinking of a couple already as the season's gone along, but well, I'll have more time to do that in the off season. So um, we know that uh, Landon Castle, as always, will be the final one of this year. Not sure again, as you heard there, who next week's will be with yet. But um, of course, look forward to Landon concluding the series, as always, uh, coming up in a couple weeks. So anyway, if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, make sure to go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions. You should see the latest deal there. And um, you can get access to all the athletic, of course. And in addition, you get early access to these interviews if you're into them uh, and the written version as well. Anyway, thanks so much for your support. Thanks so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.